Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Project Red podcast. My name is Brian and with me is my friend and business partner and co-host James Strong. How are you doing, brother? Mate, I'm doing so well, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, fantastic too, fantastic. I've uh, had my morning workout, I've had my morning steak. Well, this morning I had steak and chicken for breakfast. Um, and that's it, man. I've just been drinking uh, hot water in the mornings. I, I quit coffee about, she's must be going on about seven weeks ago. I quit coffee. Mm. Uh, and now I'm just drinking hot water. <laughs> Nice. Do you know what? I actually managed to quit coffee towards the end of last year as well, but having a new daughter um, disrupting my life, I'm, I'm back on the caffeine in a big way. So um, I'll have to wait until towards the end of this year, I think, to try and detox again. So what, um, I didn't even know that you had quit coffee. How long did you quit the coffee for? Um, so I went on to decaf for about one or two months, and then I basically just went on to more kind of herbal teas and things in the morning. So I was doing herbal teas for another two months. So all in all, for about four months, I was off caffeine. Um, I just felt in a really good place in, in my health and things. I just didn't feel I needed any pick-me-up at all. And um, yeah, I was feeling feeling really good and energized every day. Awesome. Uh, did you... What, what, did you? I was going to say, what's your, what's your reasons behind that? Uh, my reasons... I mean, I was drinking like probably four cups of coffee a day, but I, was, I, always, lot, yeah. I always diluted it. So when I say four cups, I'd, I'd fill a mug up with, you know, with black coffee and then fill the rest, I mean, sorry, halfway fill the mug with black coffee and then the rest was just um, hot water and I was drinking about four of those a day. So probably only about two cups of coffee a day. But there was mm. one day I went, I went to take a sip of my coffee and it just didn't taste good, man. It didn't like, you know, for some reason, my taste buds or my body was like, man, this doesn't taste good anymore. Um, so I stopped. I never got a headache. I never got any caffeine withdrawals, which I, I, I always did in the past. I always got crazy headaches. Um, and mm. this time it's, it's so weird. I just stopped. I just felt fine instantly. Uh, I must admit now I'm starting to think about it a little bit more. I'm starting to you know, think about those hot cappuccinos and, you mm. know, it's, um, I noticed a couple of weird things happening with my health. But I think we should maybe save that for another episode because we're supposed to be <laughs> supposed to be talking about something else right now. But one more thing, I just want to ask you, James: Did you notice uh, improvements in your sleep when you quit coffee? I did. Yeah, I definitely was getting to sleep quicker in the evenings. So I noticed my latency dropped, and I was also able to get into deep sleep quicker. Um, so I saw probably a five to ten percent increase in deep sleep, and obviously the reduction in latency just meant my overall sleep scores were just better. Okay. Oh. Me too. I mean, uh, I found my deep sleep got better and my REM yeah. sleep got better as well. So pretty exciting stuff. But mm. we um, got sidetracked there today. Uh, today our guest is Michael Cordova and he is from Float, Floating Point. I believe it's Floating or Float Point, Michael? Floating Point, yeah. Floating Point Center, exactly. Um, how are you doing, Michael? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, similar to James with the whole lockdown being a new new dad with a daughter and the uh the whole caffeine thing um <laughs> i did try to give it a break for a while and then now yeah same after been hitting up with that caffeine but i've been trying some new 
some new cafe, some new nootropic uh, coffee as well, which has been really, really great. But um, awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So you're a new dad as well, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, new. For, yeah, five months. So yeah, it's five months. Good. Okay, well that's that's pretty new. You got <laughs> yeah. about another another sixty years to go. Yeah. Um, welcome, Michael. Uh, I'm super excited to talk to you. As I'm as I mentioned, Michael owns Floating Point Center, uh, and this is a. I mean, it's kind of, it's a wellness center, it's a wellness space, and Michael's primary uh, therapy that he shares with us is floating, mm-hmm. uh, or I mean, another name is an isolation tank, I suppose. Can you tell us briefly what is um, what does it mean to to float, Michael? Okay, in, in terms of to float, what you're looking at doing is. Uh, initially reduce the amount of sensory input. Uh, so you, you, I guess you could call it rest, so restricted environmental stimulation therapy. So you're in a uh, large pod, so it's about seven foot by about five foot wide, so about the same size as a reasonable family car, uh, filled with about half a ton of Epsom salt um, and a water that's heated to skin temperature. So the idea is after, I say maybe 10 minutes or so, if you're lying there, you're not really moving. You get into a point where you're no longer aware you're in water. Uh, so you become kind of one with the water. So you don't know where it begins and ends. So essentially you have that sensation that you're floating. So it then relieves, you know, pressure on joints, muscles. You don't have to actually make any physical effort. And then mm-hmm. by that, by doing that, you'll just, it just puts your, it, yeah, it allows your body to naturally get into a state where, a lot of people would struggle so to do like meditation things like that as well everything just happens naturally you don't force it mm. to happen you know mm. but yeah yeah so it's something that it's important i think that people might have missed there is that you actually are floating because a yeah. lot of us know that if you if you get into a bathtub you sink and mm. then you're lying on you're lying on the bottom of the bath obviously surrounded mm. in water but you said that you put half a ton of epsom salt in one pod yeah, yeah. So it's about half a ton in about a thousand liters of water. So because of the density uh, of the salt, so it's a bit like uh, a little bit like the Dead Sea, if if you want to use that mm. kind of an comparison. Um, but essentially, it, it it it's kind of feels like an oil. So it's not. It doesn't really dry your skin out. It you it's you'll come out like really soft. There's you don't you know you don't prune your skin doesn't prune. Uh, so yeah, it just puts you into a really nice comfortable minimal effort relaxing environment you know just to send you off wherever you want to go i'm dying 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 to try it and another thing you said which i thought is, is pretty interesting is is the water temperature mm. so i went to um i was in bulgaria uh, last year actually at a really really fancy hotel and they had a, a spa and all that and they had a, a float pod or a float pool Mm. and i was like oh my god like this is my chance i'm going to finally you know try try having a float session and i got in there was no salt in the water so i just lay on the bottom of this pool uh the water was not not warm enough it was cold Mm. um and it was very very like bright and noisy it was the worst possible incarnation of uh, a float experience so, you know, you mentioned there that the, the water temperature is 35.5 degrees mm-hmm. um, and that's that's perfect body temperature, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, everybody's obviously core temperature is slightly different, but it, you know, it fluctuates slightly. So uh, once people are in there and they're not really moving and they're just, you know, just lying there, like say there'll be a point where people are no longer aware, 
they're, they're, a they're in water and b there's there are times when uh clients i've spoken to afterwards said they've had to put their foot on the bottom of the pod to make sure there was water still there or <laughs> you know all this side of things yeah that's incredible um so floating is although it's gaining massive um I don't know, popularity is that the right word it's mm-hmm. massive awareness right now it's really really gro- growing yeah. but how yeah. did how did you get into it how did you discover it and what's the story your little backstory there okay so uh, so back in 2010 so I was working in London with my wife uh, we were working in a very challenging job I wasn't really at a great place I guess in my life at that time I was kind of a bit of a crossroads. I was kind of doing a job I wasn't 100% enjoying. It was very challenging, um, both uh, mentally and physically. Um, I was I had high levels of anxiety and, and stress. And um, so both me and my wife, uh, well, my now wife, we at the time, we then decided to just try different things. So we, we went to go and have like uh, like a sound bath. Like so with the you know with the gongs and what have you and that that was that, that was great and that was like about fifteen minutes from where where we lived and we thought okay you know if we had this amazing kind of out, out of out of body kind of experience uh, with that and just felt so relaxed had the best sleep and then we went back like a couple of weeks later and found that the place <laughs> closed down so it was oh. like so I was like ah oh, damn man that's 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 no good and then. Um, I think it was just I think it was just this uh, podcast at the time, um, and uh, I'm I'm, seeing, I'm guessing it may have been like Joe Rogan probably, mm-hmm. and because uh, I know he's a quite a big um, fan and aficionado of uh, floating, and mm. he uh, so he talked he talked about it on his show I think, and then it was just one of those things. I was like, okay, we have, we'll have to try it. So we found a place in London, um, and then I mean I was hooked after the first session. My wife. Uh, she it took her maybe like three sessions, but I had the most. I think it was because I was so tired, like overtired, that I had a really like super like trippy like experience, and I was like, oh, now I came out, I had the best sleep as well, and I was so hooked. And mm. then I said to my wife, I said, you know, like one day, said you know, everybody has to float, you know. So after my first session, I knew we were going to open a center. Um, wow. And it took, and it obviously about we didn't open then till like 2015. We moved to moved to Reading and. Um, went through and it was like I had to kind of go through a process of, through floating myself to um, to fully understand it you have to kind of I had to kind of fully immerse myself into it mm. which is me which is for a lot of people be is quite scary because you know being alone with your own thoughts for like an hour and things going on in your head you know what I mean with no outside kind of influence you know but it, I learned so much about myself and learned to let let go of so much stuff you know, like in terms of stress and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, lots of things I can't, I haven't got control over. So, so um, I found that the float helped so much. And then I was like, you said, you, I'm you said your first float, you had a trippy experience. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean by that? Um, well, initially I was kind of, I went in with kind of an, op- I guess with an open mind thinking, okay, well, we'll see what happens. We'll just go with it. If, if it, you know, it's a bit weird for like for the first time to go, okay, I'm going to shut myself in a, you know, put myself in the tank or, you know, and turn the lights off and then like have no, have like just complete silence and lie in water for like an hour. You know, for a lot of people that sounds like, why would you do that? But like once you're in it, you know, you'll understand. But then my, my session, it was really bizarre, yeah? So the start of it, I was kind of, okay, I had all these different thoughts going through my head, you know, like 
you know, so, oh, what's going to happen? This is going to happen, this, 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 you know. And then all the rest of my week, every, all these different things I was thinking, was just like, my, my brain was just sort of just having a clear out, you know, like a good mental mm. clear out. And then all of a sudden, I, I, there was a period of, I don't remember anything, yeah. And then, it was a, then I opened my eyes, to, I was pitch black. I want to see how dark it is. And as soon as I opened my eyes, I was seeing, I saw different, um, like, shapes and patterns. Um, but it was, this was the one in black and white. I was seeing people's faces, but they were hand-drawn faces, um, and yeah, wow. it, it was just mad, like slow, sort of, sort of hieroglyphics, and it was just really, it was just really weird. They were like there, like for a very short period of time, and then they come and then they disappear. But I, th- I think when I think people when they're slightly overtired, your um, the potential for you to hallucinate increases anyway. Mm. So, but at that point, it was just like my it's like my brain was just trying to make sense of everything, and then uh, yeah, man, it was just like shapes, patterns. <clears throat> And then I saw some other different colors as well. And I was just like... I this is like, all in the first float session? Yeah, man. All my first float session. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. No wonder you Amazing. got hooked. <laughs> you mentioned that you were in a, went in a great place before your float session and you had anxiety and things. So what impact did the float session have on your anxiety and general well-being? I, th- I think the biggest thing, with, especially with that first session, it, it's just, it just teaches you to let go of stuff. It's like, it's like you don't force it. You can't force yourself, you know, in the outside world because there's always all this constant noise of just like just your head and things going around you. But if for whatever reason, it's like you can just like shut off everything that's going on outside. And then it's just uh, it's just a process because you're not physically doing anything. It, everything slows down. So your breathing slows down. Your heart rate slows down. Uh, and I think essentially what the... Um, we might touch a bit later, but it talks about interception. So you're more focused on your heart rate, on your heart and your breathing, and that's slowing. So normally you'd associate anxiety with increased heart rate, you know, increased levels of breathing, you know, so you're breathing fast, and that's that's a negative. Whereas what what I felt when the float was actually these the, you know these bodily functions that are normally negative were now having a new um, creating a new connection with something that's positive, you know. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's what I found at the end of the session. I was like, I felt, it, it's, a, yeah, I felt, I guess when I came out, I felt like slightly, I slightly drunk, if you know what I mean. It's just kind of like really heady, kind of like I've had like, like a good sleep, but I could, I probably could have, I could have probably could have stayed in there like another, another hour, two hours, to be fair. Wow. Do you know what I mean? But it was just like, I came out and it was like, it that just does. Yeah. That sounds incredible. Sorry, mate. I was going to say that. Just. <laughs> All right. I've, you know, I know James and I came to visit the floating yeah. floating point center, and I can't remember why we didn't float. Is it? I don't. Did we have? We didn't have time. Yeah. We were cleaning the pods. Uh, I think it was just. I think. Like it, I think it might be just down to timing as well. To be fair. I, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm dying for it. Have Have you One had a, a float session since then, James? Um, I have. Yeah. So while I was living in London, um, I used a, a float center in West London. Um, I've only done it once, but but again, I struggle with meditation. And I have a very active mind, but it definitely allowed me to switch off, relax, and that that weightless kind of feeling as if you're in space, kind of floating around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's incredibly relaxing, and I definitely sort of found a new zen space that I didn't know I had before. Mm-hmm. It's something I like to be more consistent with. It's just, I guess, finding access to the right location mm-hmm. on a consistent basis to use it. That's it. That's it. I think, you know, like with, with something like this floating, it's, you know... I don't think anyone that I'll ever know will will have a floating pod in their house. So you have to be close to a center, you know. That's that's the beauty of of Michael and where his center is like it's you know it's it's close to many different hubs and transports and all that. 
Um, so I think a really interesting point about floating that, um, you know, people that haven't heard of it or, or aren't into this kind of thing, what, what would be interesting for them to know is that it's, you know, I know Michael doesn't enjoy this phrase, but sensory deprivation. That's a very big aspect of floating. You know, Michael has already mentioned that it's dark, it's quiet, but there's probably other a few, you know, senses that we may or may not be aware of that, you know, when, when these senses are deprived, quote unquote, things happen. Mm. Can, you, can you tell us a bit more about this, Michael? What, what do we mean by sensory deprivation, first of all? And then what is that? How can that affect the body in a positive way? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge fan, uh, generally, of the term sensory deprivation. Just, just because if you... If you um, I mean, obviously, if you look at the history, I mean, even historically, you're looking at there's there was there was lots of different research studies and different tests and things done in the UK where, um, you know, people were deprived of like sat, you know, sound and light and as part as far as part of, um, uh, I guess, with MI5 and all that kind of stuff and you know, like more more tortured like techniques and stuff to to get people to talk, what have you. So there's, and and I think in the media as well, there's kind of been links, you know, but it, it, it's it's one of the things that's kind of it's good um, I guess for the media wise for them to, to hook onto that uh, because it's it, you know it, it's good on print you know as opposed to actually what it is I mean for yeah, me I mean, for, so, so you said you said sensory deprivation was used as torture torture methods yeah yeah I mean I think yeah originally, I mean originally in terms of um, you know like getting people to uh, like sleep guess, deprivation spies yeah yeah or they've been rooms where you know where there's no where they've been locked into rooms where there's no where there's no lights or um, you know like the same low light no sound all these kind of things so mm-hmm. um, so it has there isn't obviously like a, a, a like a negative connotation with it originally but I mean mm. in terms of in terms of looking at floating side of things um, hence why that's why they as I mentioned before they call it uh, it's kind of better known as uh, rest so which is the restricted environmental stimulation therapy so we all essentially. I mean, or, or you know, we have our five basic sensory systems. So obviously, mm-hmm. you've got your visual, auditory, olfactory. So your smell, gustatory, which is your taste, and you have your tactile systems, right? So essentially, if people have like no music, no lights, etc., during a float session, what you're doing is you're obviously greatly reducing the kind of impact, the input for all of those different factors, right? Mm-hmm. But this is the thing here. Yeah. There's the other bits that are going on internally inside your body, which people are may not may or may not necessarily be uh, aware of. So that would include your um, your vestibular. So the vestibular system, basically, that's the one that contributes to you know your balance and orientation in space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's basically that's the leading system, and that informs us about you know any movement and the position of our head relative to gravity. So mm-hmm. so for example, like when you're floating. There isn't, um, it, it's like, um, I guess it's, a, well, okay, I'm trying to think of a good example. A good example would be, so someone that's blind, for example, that their sense of hearing, uh, that sense is, you know, it's, it's a lot more fine-tuned because obviously the body has to adapt to the, you know, for the environment to make, you know, for it to, for the person to survive and exist in this kind of, you know, noisy world. So you'll pick up okay. on things. Yeah. So in terms of with the floating aspect, what you're doing by reducing the amounts of sensory input. So your, for example, your vestibular system would become more, um, you become more aware. 
So, example, for example, the posterior canal detects movement in the front, frontal plane. So when you're doing like cartwheels, for example. Um, so what we're looking at is the internal and um, external senses. So we've got that one, which is a vestibular. You've got your um, proprioceptive, which is the sensations from muscles and joints of the body. So mm -hmm. that's, that deals with the position, location, orientation, and movement of the body muscles and joints as well. Um, so obviously that's, saying that's linked then to the vestibular as well. So that, you know, in terms of muscle movement, and then, you know, your inner ear canal to find it, you know. So it essentially, when you went, for example, like when you went into, if you go into space and you have no gravity, then your vestibular system would probably, yeah, would, would kind of not be... Um, it would kind start of, to I, kind of lose its um, its acuity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so your your yeah, so your sense of where you are within a within a specific space, you, you wouldn't have that, and you'd lose that. Mm. So it's the that same thing. Sense. So it's the same thing when you're in a float tank. Once you lose sensation of the water, and you're not really you're not physically moving anymore, then your your sense of where you actually are disappears. Mm. Did that make sense? So if, even think okay, we're removing all these other senses. Well, this is an internal sense. So this internal sense is more to do with the position of your physical self within a specific mm. environment. So like you say, like, you know, you say like gravity in space, you, you know, you're, it obviously takes time for astronauts to become accustomed to that environment because obviously, yeah. you know, so, but if you think every time somebody gets into a float tank, they're only in that for a very short period of time. So we have people that will come in and after a period of time, um, they'll, they'll feel like they've spun around or they've, they'll, they'll feel like their body's been moved around or they've spun around 360 mm. degrees. Or we felt like people have been moving, <clears throat> like traveling um, backwards or their legs are facing downwards. Or um, I've had two people um, during sessions uh, and they both stated that they felt they were standing up the whole time during their float <laughs> session. So it so in terms of like you're thinking okay we're removing stuff but what you're doing is you're making your uh, this kind of sense uh, internal sense over overactive to try and try and mitigate to try and work out where where mm. you are physically in that space you know and that's the same mm. with the muscle aspect because you're not physically moving it, it, your body's trying to work out oh well am I physically still here you know where am I in this space? <laughs> so because would it would it be accurate to say then because you've you've taken away all these senses you've taken away light you've taken away sound there's obviously no taste because you're not eating anything mm -hmm. um, but you, you're taking you're taking the tactile sense away because the yeah. water temperature is you know more or less the same as your body mm -hmm. so you actually is it true that you actually you stop sensing the water touching your skin. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's, it, it, that's when you lose your orientation because yeah, you can't yeah, even correct. feel your own body anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. I mean, it's you know that's what I was saying is like you know the because the skin temperature and the water temperature are the same, you know because you don't have that, it's like your internal senses kick in. Hence why I mentioned about the um, you know with like I said about the interception when you become much more aware of your internal, so your heart beating, your breathing. Okay. Um, any all these internal things that are going on it's like your external bit that deals with your sensory outside world mm -hmm. you, that sort of disappears but you become a lot more aware of your internal so yeah. if you think about it in that way although you're reducing your sensory input coming in what you're actually doing is enhancing like key um, key senses that are internal to you you know things that are actually really important that we're not you know that we don't we're not necessarily kind of aware of um, you know, and especially with the interception part of it as well. So that that's quite a big, that and that has a big impact on how we feel. You know, in our busy, stressed yeah. out world. You know, that um, sounds that sounds mm. really interesting to me. So what what's that sense called? Introception. Yeah, introception. Yeah. 
Okay, and that's where you can kind of start to like almost listen to your own heartbeat. Yeah. You start to notice your breath. Maybe mm -hmm. you know, maybe you start to feel your pulse. Is that something that would be accurate? Yeah, yeah, correct. I mean, I mean, the, the idea really is, 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 I guess, is the more you start becoming aware of your body and how it feels, you can then you can and it ha you can start to impact your body's functioning as of it, on mm. it for the better. So you know, you're, you you everything from say decreasing respiration to lowering your pulse to reducing the stress you carry in body is possible with a higher sense of interoception. So the more aware you are, you know, because I think a lot of time, even with, with you know, everyday life, especially at the moment, um, with everything that's going on in terms of stress, anxiety, you know, all these other things, you know, issues with like kind of people like with work, with, you know, like even us as like as dads, you know, with kids and things at home and not being able to do out and got lot, lots of different things we, a lot of people can't do, you know. It's yeah, one of these yeah. things. It's like you, you become, and we're so busy with everything else in life that you, people lose the ability to look at themselves, you know, internally, because that's, because mm. you, you can have, you can think you can be, have a really great job, you know, and, and have a like, and think, okay, yeah, you know, so you get off on the stress, but actually when people stop, then it's that impact of the stress they have on their internally, you know, like their internal organs and their heart, you know, and all these kind of things that, you know, that they haven't, they're not, they're not consciously aware of until they actually stop. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I totally get that. I think, um, some of the research I read about it is quite incredible. Right, it reduces your neural firing to the sympathetic nervous system, mm -hmm. which obviously is responsible for flight or flight. And so, in terms of the biological impacts of this, I think the research shows that your circulating levels of cortisol reduces by up to twenty percent, mm -hmm. and these benefits stick with you not just in that session, but for the next four or five days. So, for these fast-paced individuals, like you mentioned, who are you know on the go, mm -hmm. working in the city, got kids, got family constantly on the go i mean literally one session of a in a flotation tank could give them massive stress reduction benefits yeah 100 percent. and it's, it's just something that we see you know we've seen like count, countless times at various different people and especially uh we get a lot of, because we're located um so not that far away from london but um yeah we get uh, you know a range of different business people and whatever and they'll, and they'll usually come and they'll know and you can see a, a huge shift and change in them um and we, we've we've run like a smaller research study with uh, the uh, like the stress management society a little while ago, and we did uh, heart math readings before a float session and after a float session. We tracked them over, I think it was over like six weeks. We did sit, yeah, and over that period of time, the um, you know their their co uh, yeah. So in terms of their heart rate variability, their heart rates, um, and you know that all improved um, and their overall health and well-being they actually went up two different two different levels so it improved over that period of time with some report some of them reporting that they were a lot felt more confident um, they felt that they could put more of their ideas across they felt a lot more relaxed they they were having less arguments with their partners they were like you know what i mean they had there's so many different positive benefits that people That's think incredible. you know they, they, yeah yeah and they don't even sort of think about it. and it's just like well you know it's small changes mm -hmm. and it's the same with the stuff like you guys do, you know. It's um, it's all about wellness, and it's kind of making people aware of the fact, you know. Actually, you know, um, is if everything we should we should do in health wise should be like preventative, not like we shouldn't yeah. be reactive. Do you know what I mean? It's, we're proactive, this kind of stuff, and that exactly. is that, and and that's what's really important because you know you you don't want to get to that point where you you have to do stuff. Yeah, you know, you you actually remind me of something there, you know. Um, a long time ago, I was kind of in this position where I had to try and describe what wellness is because it's such, a, it's such a trendy word and, you know, it's all over the magazines, all over the newspapers. Everybody's, you know, got a wellness this, a wellness that. 
But, you know, what is wellness? Wellness is all these things that we practice, all these things that we do on an almost daily basis to keep ourselves healthy so that we do not get sick, so that we do not need health care and medication at a later point. You know, like health care, you go and get health care once you're already sick. But wellness is what you do every day to make sure you don't get sick. And of course, you know, mental wellness is you know, probably one of the most important things as well. Yeah, I totally agree. It's the, um, I think a lot of the, uh, because you don't re- a lot of people don't realize how, how you know, the, 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 the huge impact of, uh, of, you know, of cortisol on the body. And, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of, and it has knock on effects, obviously, with like looking at sleep and then you're looking at appetite and then you're looking at you know like heart you know issues with heart you know the heart weight and gain then, yeah yeah exactly there's so many negatives to do with you know looking at stress and anxiety and what have you and it's it's one of those things that people you know where i guess a lot of us live in the society not everywhere across the world but like a lot of i'd say a lot of the uh kind of western world would be think okay well you know what's next what's next what's next you know i have to be filling mm. my time with stuff you have to constant be, noise yeah constant noise got, you know if i'm not doing something i'm not being proactive mm. you know what i mean so you mentioned sleep there as well michael mm. um I, I recall you did a sleep experiment yourself <laughs> could you go into that a little bit in a little bit more detail uh yeah sure yeah 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 i mean i mean i've done i've done about five i did five sorry i did five overnight float sessions before um, before decide before deciding to do like a, an overnight session and and track all my sleep data basically, um, so I mean at the time before that I mean I wasn't aware of like the aura ring and what have you, um, and I had to do I had to do two two tests so one I did one which is like I did like a four hour session day before and I didn't get any data so I had to tweak things a little bit and then the next day is when I then did um, an eight. Uh, no, it was like six and a half hours. Sorry, six and a half hour float session, and where I, where I recorded all my sleep data. So with the Ring and that one worked. So, so you I actually ha- you slept in the tank. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've done it before, and this one. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. That's got to be dangerous. No, no, it's it's perfectly safe, man. Honestly, I did. I had I had one where I did eight hours, and the eight hour one I did a couple of years ago. That that was that was that was the one that. I have to. Well, it's going to sound a bit cliche, really, but it, it was life changing. I'm not going to lie. You it, slept it, 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 for it was, eight it, hours in a water tank. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I slept. And the weird thing is, um, the the one before. Well, okay, so I'll tell you about the the first one because that one, that that one's kind of interesting, and, and it, was, it was a bit. It might sound a bit weird, right? But mm-hmm. I had. Um, I was at the centre by myself. Uh, so my wife, I think, was in London at the time visiting family and what have you and then I thought okay you know I, I could go home but you know what I, I feel in the mood I just want to jump in just like we'll just, we'll just go let's just go for it yeah we'll just eight hours and bam so there were two points here there was nobody in the center everything was off there were two points in the night yeah one I, I don't know if I was awake or half asleep or I, I have no idea but there's one point I had someone knock on the room of the float room quite loudly and then I was like, oh, okay, and, like, and then I thought, oh, I must be dreaming and whatever. They went sort of drifted back off somewhere. And then, like, I don't know how long it was after that. I then had somebody, I then heard somebody knocking on the lid of the pod in the room and then asking me if I was okay, at which point I think I replied, yeah, I'm fine. And then it just sort of went away. And it was just so weird. And literally the next morning I came out and I felt like a completely new human being. Like it, I literally could not get stressed out about anything for like a couple, you know, a good two, three weeks. Like I mean, my wife has started a new job, 
um, very stressful, you know, new like managerial sort of position. She'd not been in that kind of position before. And normally I'd take that stress on and I'd, I would get stressed myself. But for whatever yeah. reason, nothing, man. Honestly, it was like, it was like water on <laughs> the ducks. You just didn't back. care. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just one of these things. They just kind of, I was just like the most zen person like I can imagine. I was like walking around and it was really nice outside. And so like, you know, if you go to the park in the summer, it's like really hot and kind of hazy and you have that, everything feels like it's in like soft focus. Yeah. It was it, essentially it was like that, like for two weeks. And everything it was like wow. I was like I, it was, I was just like, wow man, this is like. And ever ever since then, I found it very. I mean, obviously there are occasions I'm still human. I'm going to get stressed out about certain things, but yeah. I, I I tend to find now that I tend to let go of stuff very, like so much quicker, and just go That's okay. Amazing. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's like it was like I had this whole weird sort of mind shift went just like boom. But yeah, That's so, cool. so that was cool. And did you get to the bottom of who was knocking on the tank, or was no. it just your subconscious it, kind of reassuring yourself that you're okay? I think it was just my subconscious there, James. It was it was like I, to be fair, I think most people would probably just freak out, but I was like, I'm mm. I'm a bit strange there, and I was like, okay, this is cool. Let's see what <laughs> see what happens. And then it was like, all right, are they going to come back here? No, okay, fine. It was like. But it's cool. I mean, just getting robbed, but you know. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel good. I feel good after it. So it's all fine, man. It's all good. No stress in it. No worries, man. That's yeah. um, But yeah, man. but but the, the yeah, I mean, the sleep stuff of the aura that was um, actually actually I I used the uh, I used your um, red light um, beforehand to sort of Brilliant. prepare. So I thought, okay, well, I'll get myself in the right in the zone. So you know, I chilled for a bit. I used um, like some guided meditation for like ten minutes. I sat in front of the. Uh, the full red light stack and then um i had a couple of drops of like cbd just to kind of because i wanted to kind of ease into it and have like a chilled evening and stuff mm. so anyway i did that and then jumped in uh and then yeah i mean i slept i, I was aiming for kind of like seven and a half eight hours I, but it'd been a while since i've done it so i thought okay well if i get six and a half to seven that's fine so i got to about between six and a half to seven i think anyway i came out and then yeah and i wrote i've written a wrote about the or my um what happened and then i actually managed to get into deep sleep um which i i didn't i wasn't sure if i was going to or not to be honest um mm. yeah i mean i i mean it, in terms of the actual quality of sleep it was it was more or less on par well actually i i, I think at the time it was actually slightly better than the sleep i was getting at home weirdly that's Brilliant. that's so interesting because i was just thinking there i mean if you if you're in a in a a, a pod with water that's roughly your body temperature yeah. then I would imagine that your core doesn't get to cool down enough to get you into a good deep sleep. It, it's, it's okay. So the whole thing's weird anyway, because I mean, obviously <laughs> there's a certain, there's a certain point in the night when your body temperature is naturally going to drop. Right. So I, I think yeah. is that around anyway, it's around like two to three somewhere. And anyway, between, uh -huh. I think it's between one and three o'clock in the morning. So your body, everybody's body temperature is naturally going to drop at that point. So I think, I mean, I, I tend to run slightly warmer myself anyway, but just my, you know, physically. Um, and I think even though the water drop, the water drops slightly during a float session, it, for me, it wasn't necessarily noticeable just, just on the basis that because I was so comfortable in that position and you, because you're not moving, you're not, you're not really using any, mm. phys, any physical energy to, to hold yourself up, you know? Mm. So it just allowed me to, um, I don't know, man, you just kind of zone out and you just get into a space. And we've had other clients that have, um, that have done overnight float sessions for like six hours and stuff. And, and they've all, 
you know, they've all felt, had a similar kind of experience in terms of, you know, they've they really got into um, like a really sort of deep mm. sort of. They felt like they were in like a like a deep sort of sleep. But it, obviously, awesome. with you know, you know, but it works. So yeah. Okay. And so you um, mentioned that obviously sorry. you did a test initially that didn't work. Is that because obviously the water around the aura ring disrupted tracking? I think so. I mean, it was. Um, I, I mean, obviously the, the ring kind of fits differently for everybody. And everybody's fingers slide differently. You know. I mean, it, you know. Um, I mean, I've got the, the size. I think I've got was correct. So that wasn't a problem. Um, the I think the issue was maybe one of the sensors probably. Um, yeah. So to mitigate that, uh, what I did for the second session was, I had a. Um, I th- we have a device called a float halo, basically. So what I did, so the halo is like, normally you put it behind your head. Um, you can put it behind your head and keep your head in more of a neutral position. So, but what it norm- so basically what I did is I rested my hand or that particular part of my, or that finger on the, on the edge of it. So essentially it wasn't, it wasn't disrupting my float session, but it, it, it just gave, it just gave me uh, that peace of mind that I would record, mm. you know, um, you know, the, you know all the relevant data without having to because uh, to be fair i mean you know doing it the night before you know i would have been I've, i planned it so okay we'll do the four hours we'll do four hours or more and then i i didn't get anything so i was a little bit a little bit annoyed at that so i was like okay well how am i going to figure this out well you know what am i going to do and um yeah and it's it it worked so happy days awesome and, and what about you know listening to your body and you know responding to to key cues but again if you can't quantify that data it's quite difficult to, to measure you know the exact impacts and so again that's a really good little hack you did there about you know floating your hands to make sure you got that data yeah um, and seeing that improved deep sleep and overall kind of you know for, for a short block of sleep it sounds like you've got pretty similar stats which is which is pretty cool yeah i mean um, i mean um uh, I, f- I mean in terms of sleep efficiency it was like 95 percent uh i think rem uh, what I got for REM was like an hour. I had REM for like an hour and 27 minutes. I was in deep sleep for about an hour and about maybe just over an hour and a half. Um, that's great. So, I mean, so it's not too bad considering, you know, that's being more in the flow time. But I just I just felt very well rested afterwards as well. Plus the next day, obviously, I felt a lot more benefits. My mind was a lot clearer, mm. a lot more clarity, um, you know. So I want to I I get into the benefits. But first, I'll, so how does a float session work? Like what is... What is the um, therapy that you're, you know, sharing with the community? Can you tell us about that? The actual logistics of coming for a float. Okay, well, it's going to change slightly, obviously, with the new um, <laughs> everything else that's going on. But essentially, oh, I mean, the, the, the float session is pretty much going to be the same. You know, it's not. Um, essentially, what normally happen is we go through a full like induction at the beginning. Obviously, with new clients, we have a whole range of different tracks. So, no, like normally. I'd say people have like maybe like 10 minutes of music at the beginning just to sort of settle them in, then five minutes at the end to let them know when the session's coming to an end. Uh, so we have a range of different other sort of tracks. Uh, certain things are a little bit more specialist. Um, so uh, like, for example, like we use isochronic tones um, to help. What does uh, that mean? Uh, okay, so you heard of like binaural beats, right? Yeah. Okay, so isochronic tones are similar. In- instead, so... Obviously, we know you know we know binaural beats. Binaural beats, sorry, uh, work in like stereo. So obviously, you got one you know one frequency coming through left, one coming through right, and they cancel each yeah. other out. And whatever's left over, that's what you listen to. The five point five hertz, for example. Whereas with the isochronic tone, 
essentially, you know, the um, it, it, you have that consistent tone, but it's like going on and off. So, you know, with the binaural beat and you might have it, it sounds like a woo, 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 that kind yeah. of, yeah, yeah. So essentially the isochronic tone is like a single tone. So you don't necessarily have to have it in stereo. Um, apparently isochronic tones are actually more, slightly more powerful um, and more targeted than, than binaural beats. So yeah, there you go. So let's something new. Um, but yeah, I mean, isochronic tones essentially work in a similar way. It, so, but in like mono as opposed to stereo. To think of yeah. it that way, basically, because obviously, I mean, the, the tanks, the uh, the speaker in a tank is obviously it's, it's a single, well, sorry, single transducer. So yeah. obviously, for certain people, it has much more of a powerful effect, um, and it sends them off into a much deeper state of floating. Mm. You know. Um, but I mean, it, it, it's it's there for people who've used it like a few times. So anyway, so we'll choose the music stuff at the beginning and then go through the induction, explain everything in terms of, you know, what's best float positions, um, different breathing techniques to help them kind of relax pre-float um, during, maybe during the beginning of their fo the float session, just to sort of calm things down, uh, maybe different techniques. So I, I sometimes I'll do a thing which is like a reverse body scan so, uh, for example, like when I get to a point when, I f when I'm floating and I'm no longer aware of the water, what I'll do is I will try and visualize myself disappearing, because like becoming like the invisible man, yeah? So I imagine I can visualize my toes and then they, they disappear and then my feet and then my legs and all the way up to my, to my head. And there's, because I've no like less awareness of my physical self being in the water, all that just kind of vanishes until I get to my head and then my head just like... And then my head just pops, and then, <laughs> then I'm then I'm gone. So there's lots of different techniques. There's lots of different techniques and things you know people can use. You know, so we give we give them different options, and you know, then yeah, then we'll set them off into their session. Uh, they normally grab a quick shower beforehand, uh, just to feel a bit more, um, yeah, just a bit more refreshed, and you know, mm -hmm. dry. Make sure they dry their face off because obviously with half a ton of Epsom salt, it's going to sting the eyes a little bit. So definitely worry about touching touching the eyes uh, obviously we provide them earplugs for the sessions so that doesn't really have too much of an impact on the session itself we'll get in and then you know they will move around a bit anyway and then we'll just let them settle in everything is automated um, lights in the room go off they can choose whether to have the lights on or off in the tank um, whether they want the lid open or slightly open or completely open or closed uh, obviously we always recommend to have the lid closed everybody's slightly com you know you know comfort level is slightly different at the beginning but what we tend to find Usually after about ten minutes, if people think, okay, you know, they're feeling, you know, think, oh well, I'm, I'm claustrophobic, etc. What they tend to find is actually, after ten minutes, it doesn't matter. They're not even aware of it anymore. They just thought, oh, this is comfortable. This is fine. You know, it's, there's nothing. They're in control of the complete environment, and that's fine. And then, obviously, they'll get a drift off in the session. Music will come on five minutes to say at the end to just give them a heads up. Session's coming to end. Lights, soft lights, come on to the room. You know, gives them time then to, to get out grab a shower, wash the salts off, and come out to our chill out room and we can bring like um, functional teas, um, provide fresh fresh fruit sorbets and stuff and they can sort of chill out after the session. But yeah, I mean, obviously we're still gonna do that. Obviously with slightly, slightly less people, you know, with, with timings and stuff, but yeah, but essentially, yeah, and they can chill out in the chill out room and then, you know, no rush to, there's no, they don't have to rush off. Make sure yeah. there's no clocking. Um, that's it. I, I know you. I mean, there's you've got very very powerful filters mm. on your on your tanks, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yes. So, okay. um, yeah. So between so the filter filtration runs for 15 minutes between each session. 
So okay. it, so it turns over a thousand liters of water for a um, thousand liters of water for um, yeah so yeah three and a half, I think it runs like three and a half times. So that passes through like a one oh, micron. Wow. So that passes through like a one micron filter, and that picks up everything a hundred times more than human hair. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then and then as well as that, it then goes through UV. So it goes through UV filter as well. So that um, would eradicate any, anything potentially living in the in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, but with half a ton of Epsom salt, um, there's the, you know it's not really an, an environment for any bacteria really to survive in. No, but obviously no, we obviously yeah. I mean, obviously we go you have to go you know. And then it, then there's a, a small dose of um, just hydrogen peroxide that's added this day five percent just to maintain the other uh, consistent hygiene levels and obviously yeah. with the new stuff we, we we do all the spray down and and there's a whole other bits we're going to add between sessions as well so yeah yeah of course it's super clean um, so what are the benefits you know we've obviously touched a lot on stress reduction things like that but can you talk a bit more about you know the benefits of the epsom salt you know what maybe perhaps what is exactly epsom salt and uh, how that benefits the body uh yeah sure um <laughs> okay uh so this is a weird thing right so like technically i guess uh, epsom salt technically isn't really a salt mm-hmm. yeah just in terms of the chemical makeup is very different i mean there's obviously um it's magnesium sulfate so the which is the formula mgso4 so we use quite a high high grade uh, level of, mag- of epsom salt which is which is super high in obviously magnesium Mm. which is something that we don't uh yeah basically which is something that we a lot of people lack and even in our diets and foods through agricultural you know um it, you know like avocados and things supposed to have high levels of magnesium but in certain foods but because of um over farming etc with you know minerals and the, the soil we tend to have less and less of it in our diets um so the the benefit of obviously having um you know epsom salts with um you know magnesium Mm. is i mean it's said i mean there, there there are a few studies there's not loads there's one or two um but basically saying that you know the potentially the magnesium particles could be absorbed through your skin so which obviously provide you with you know magnesium um you know <clears throat> which is actually really good in terms of really good for your skin um i mean you know it, it essentially our body um the world magnesium apparently is the fourth most abundant mineral in the body, the first is being calcium, um, and it's actually involved in more than 325 different biochemical reactions that benefit your heart and your nervous system. So, yeah. uh, so obviously not having not having enough of it is obviously a big, a big key thing. And if you're floating in it for like an hour, then you know you you're going to get some benefit from that as well. And the same yeah. with you know it helps promote sleep um, and you know stress reduction as well because magnesium helps your brain produce neurotransmitters and induce sleep and reduce stress. As well, and it, magnesium also helps body produce melatonin, as well. Um, so hence why you might, I guess, like in our session, you're not going to fall into like a deep sleep, because it, you know, like our sleep cycle is around ninety minutes. So to get deep sleep, you probably need like a two-hour float session, right? But yeah, I mean, if you think, okay, well, if it helps the melatonin, you and you're in a really, you're in a dark, you know, dark tank. There's no light. So what you're doing is you're then sort of mimicking nighttime, you know. So if you're tricking your body into thinking that. And obviously, you're gonna. You may find that there may be some melatonin production, but not obviously enough to put you into deep sleep, but enough to maybe send you off into you know that sort of uh, maybe stage one or stage two of um, you know of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got it. And, and that uh, seems so critical as well to so many body processes. And I think the Western world, I think something like 50% of people are deficient in magnesium. Mm. So this is a massive opportunity for your body just to naturally absorb some really high quality magnesium during your float session as well. Exactly, exactly. You know, and it's, you know, every everything from skin to kind of like the hair, like, you know, to internal, like you said, all the internal like different processes. Um, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, there's, there's so many great things that, you know, with Epsom salt. I think part of it as well as using it for the float session is it, it, it doesn't drop, like, say, obviously you've got all those benefits, but then the other side of it is obviously first as a pro on a practical level is that it, it doesn't really tend to dry your skin out. Like I said, it, it, when you're in the water, it will feel more like an oil against your skin as opposed to you don't really feel dry from it and you still come out and you feel silky smooth. Do you know what I mean? You made me look a bit younger, you know? Not it's, a bad thing. It's interesting yeah. you say that because I actually had a Epsom bath last night. Yeah. I um, you know, filled up my bathtub with really hot water and threw a bunch of salt in there. And, and I was, I always think to myself, because I think of like, you know, I was thinking about like the ocean. When you go for a swim mm. in the ocean, you get out, you've got all this dry salt on you. So I was thinking that, you know, when you get out of an Epsom bath, you have to wash the salt off you because it's, you know, bad for your skin. But I'm just sitting here, I'm looking at my skin. I'm like, man, I'm really, really soft today. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's like, um, yeah, I mean, with people, what people freaks people out as well sometimes is they'll come out. And they won't realize it and then they'll look at their hands and find like this they haven't pruned there's no mm. there's no pruning of their hands you know and it's just like or you know or like women tend to like or like when they dry their hair for example that, that it has it gives them more volume and stuff wow. like that man I, I know you haven't got that problem brian but you know oh. maybe james hey, maybe I, james but yeah you know <laughs> i got i got plenty of hair on my back i'll have you know <laughs> that's fine man yeah, yeah yeah and and in my ears as well and in my nose um you were going to say something james so we talked a lot about obviously reduction in cortisol and the promo- you know, promotes your, your ability to get into a meditative state. So I know mm-hmm. it promotes sort of a theta brainwaves, um, which obviously is like a light sleeper. Again, that's very good for kind of like brain health as well. Mm-hmm. And it's quite an exciting area for float therapy at the moment is around sort of con- concussion protocols, especially in contact sports. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, that deprivation of, you know, sensory deprivation sort of promotes the brain to really focus on itself to you know to start repair you see nerve growth nerve repair and again you know for the athletes when they sustain concussions um some of the concussion protocol books i've read say that the first thing they should do is sensory deprivation and if they can get in a float tank even better so did you get many clients coming to you that are, you know, that are in that situation uh I've, I've had we've had one or two before i mean we tend to i mean we've had a couple of different like for example a couple of rugby players from um, like the England Rugby Sevens women's team and the um, men's England Rugby Sevens. Um, and I think, no, I mean, I think part of it is just giving that brain, I guess because your brain's in a kind of recovery mode um, and your body's from, you know, in this state of kind of repair, um, from that side of it, I think the reduction of having any, like the sensory stuff is actually giving your brain a, like a chance to, yeah, just give it. It gives it a chance to have it like a, a break and sort of you know start um, like the whole self repairing side of things and creating new you know new maybe new neural pathways, I guess. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean we've had one or maybe one or two for the rugby stuff, but it's yeah. I mean, in terms of athlete wise, it's mainly more for kind of like the physical you know physical mm. recovery wise from like post. Mm post-training or like pre pre-competition so they use it for like for visualization techniques 
to um, to help them. Yeah, to help them do that. We've had one. I think it was last year we had one one uh, the female British rowing team. Um, she was in a in a pair, so she she basically had like a lot of overtraining. So she needed she had like maybe five float sessions in maybe four weeks. And this is leading up to like a world, I think a world championships. And then she, so we gave, we gave her basically a technique um, to help uh, like a hook. So like when people do when they have like, uh, like hypnotherapy, whatever. So we said, oh, well, if you put your fingers and hold your fingers like in a, like in a specific position. So while you're floating. So then when you're in the boat before the race for five, you know, five minutes, you can close your eyes, whatever. When you're settled, you put your fingers in that position and hopefully that'll have like a trigger, a memory of being, that calm sort of serene place back in the tank and then they did she did that um and then they got silver um and then <laughs> so which is which is pretty good because they didn't silver before and then and then before that we had another um rower um and she beat her she literally floated the next day she had to be a pb by about 10 seconds um hmm. we've had other Beautiful. other athletes who are swimmers and stuff who, who you know like from regular practice of floating they've actually either increase their you know their distance or their personal best or have had that same with runners um not just necessarily not not just because of the physical aspect but more because of the mental aspect you know of then you know just trying to plan out their race or how things are going to go and then you know the, it gives them that space without any distraction to sort of get into that zone faster which is what the like, like navy seals and things people do and the um, a lot of big athletes in the u.s mm. um you know, use for, um, that's what they, they'll float part of its recovery. Um, and then yeah, part of it's just, uh, pre-competition as well. You know, people like Stephen Curry, for example, um, with the Golden State Warriors. Um, it's kind of interesting because the, the people like the Golden State Warriors, the New England Patriots, and I think it was the Chicago Cubs, the, the, the year that they started having using flotation tanks as part of their recovery and training was like the years they started winning <laughs> like the nba the chicago cubs won the um the first uh you know there was the one that the the series that was the first time they won um tom you know and uh yeah and it's, it's just having a massive effect on the in the actually in china the they've got a massive ufc new ufc training facility i think it's one of the biggest in the world actually and they've just installed um like flotation tanks there for their fighters as well so wow. yeah mm-hmm that's I'm not incredible. sure how much science is behind visualization, but it's so powerful being able to have that headspace and the ability to switch off everything else, mm. you know, shut off the sympathetic nervous system and really get into that zone where you're, you know, visualizing your performance, your race, yeah. your competition. And, you know, it's so powerful that, you know, when you actually come to race day, it's so familiar when you're yeah. going through that you know, high performance protocol. Exactly. I mean, I mean, there was, there was two studies, there was a study done, um, like a while ago so this was looking at basketball players and ar- and archers um and they had obviously two different two different groups so they had one that didn't float um and they did something else i think it was like a meditation thing and then the other group um they just they floated and then they did training what they actually found is that the actual point average of um those that floated it, it increased over time for the, both the archery and the accuracy increased from from and the only the only difference was literally the flotation sessions that were happening. Wow! Um, wow. Yeah, 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 that's incredible. 
So it sounds like, um, you know, I mean, I believe in it for sure. And I, I, I just think it's a matter of time before this goes even more mainstream. You know, I mean, you've talked about all those different professional sports clubs that are using it and all mm -hmm. those, those different sports disciplines. You know, and, and the reason why I think these, these athletes pick it up before, you know, the quote unquote mainstream or the general public is because they're actively looking for ways to improve their health and performance. You know, so that's why they, you know, they end up coming to the float centers and getting into red light therapy and getting mm -hmm. into infrared saunas before before it hits the mainstream. It's because they're actively looking for it. And then, of course, the media finds out and they go, oh, man, look at this new celebrity using a float <laughs> tank or whatever, whatever. And then it gets into the, the general public, you know. So I know, like I've, as you say, I've been aware of floating for a few years now and uh, sensory deprivation in general, actually. And um, I was actually booked in before this COVID thing happened. I was booked in to do a, a three-day darkness retreat down in Guatemala, which is, you know, another kind of sensory deprivation. Of course, yeah, yeah. there's, there's mm -hmm. no light, there's no sound, there's no stimulation, you know, besides gravity because I'm not floating. So I, 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 will, I would have still had my tactile senses. But apparently it's also um, it's a great form of you know, sensory enhancement, as it were, because you do then go inside and listen to your heart and listen to your thoughts. So it's something I'm you know, been curious about for a while, for sure. Cool. Well, um, I think uh, unless there's uh, any more questions from James, uh, we're going to begin to wrap this up. We're going to we'll obviously get all your details from you before we go, Michael. Any more questions, James? No, I think we've actually covered... Uh the key topics I wanted to. Cool. Cool. So, Michael, just before we go, we have a, a, a kind of a, a little fast shooting, a quick fire round. Where we're just going to ask you a bunch of questions. Yeah. Um, and just the first thing that comes to your head, it's nothing, nothing serious, nothing crazy. You don't have to think about it for too long. But uh, what is your favorite book? Ooh. Oh, my favorite book. Um, okay, that's the, the first one I have read before it's flighting, which is the Tim Ferriss 4-Hour Workweek. Ah, yeah, that's a fantastic book. Yeah, that's, that's kind of one of those kind of the, the ones that sort of helped me, yeah, sort of put me on, like, I was like, okay, never learned about Tim Ferriss, and I started reading, and I was like, okay, this is the, the little ideas, and then this is where I go, okay, this is where I went to end up. Obviously, it took me a bit longer, but that that's the book that kind of, like, helped me yeah. get to where I am now. So that's the, the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss. I'm a massive fan of that as well. I've read it twice, and every time I read it, I've, I get new tips. It's fantastic. Mm. Um, besides floating, what is your favorite hack? Uh, infrared sauna. <laughs> infrared sauna, beautiful. That's a great. Well, one. infrared sauna, well, actually, technically, infrared sauna combined with uh, red light stack. Mm -hmm. Actually, beautiful. In fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll have the full infrared and I'll have the red light stack set up at the same time, and then okay. I can get full benefits, man. Honestly, stacking your hacks, I like it. Yeah, yeah man, stacking hacks. hacks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that um, that might be the same answer then for the next question, which is what's your favorite piece of tech that you're using? Anything interesting you got? Um, let's have a think. Was looking at um, yeah, heart. Yeah, my heart. The heart math stuff. I was. I've been. I've been looking at using more. So okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Just in terms of using it for like in terms of, especially because I've been able to have the chance to to be to float as well as much because of. Um, Obviously, because of COVID and what have you, um, but it, it gives allows me a chance to kind of use it for meditation and to, um, yeah, just to have a bit, a bit, a bit more, a bit more of a focus as well. So, yeah. Awesome. And then one more question: If you could give yourself ten years ago a piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? 
take every opportunity and yeah you can if you don't know how to do it you can figure it out once once you've got it awesome <laughs> take every opportunity that's that's a beautiful one because i think people have to people have to train themselves uh, to actually spot the opportunity first you know because i know myself mm. when i was a young man i used to just i used to think everything was bad you know yeah. someone said to me hey man there's an opportunity for uh, for you to get a, a great job here i'd go nah nah it wouldn't work out wouldn't work out not interested you know yeah but a, this, this is the thing i mean opportunities everywhere it's like you don't necessarily you don't have to take like everything but if even if you take an opportunity if it, even if it doesn't work out you still learn something mm. Mm, and it's exactly. and it even and then even then it's like okay well you you're, you're still you're building your network you're making connections you're meeting people and you don't know who that person knows. Mm-hmm. Then further down the line, when you want to do something you really want to do, then that you can go okay well yeah I know this person in my network or I can know this person or it's like okay well this I've learned this this is something new I've learned. So the more opportunities you take, the more the more you learn. And the more you learn, then you say okay well it didn't work out it didn't work out it worked out mm-hmm. great if it didn't it's fine I've learned, you know you've you still learned something from it you always have to take the positives from every opportunity that's been taken exactly. even 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 it goes like to pot you still learn okay I'm not doing that again <laughs> do you know what I mean so yeah exactly so, yeah awesome that's great and then the absolute final thing is that we do um we do a reading from the daily stoic um yeah. you know it's a, it's a short reading mm. about stoic philosophy it's it's mm-hmm. something i'm trying to teach myself and and practice myself in day-to-day life and and just something I, I really enjoy sharing with people so um if you guys don't mind i'm gonna i'm gonna read one short paragraph from the daily stoic by ryan holiday and stephen hanselman um so it starts with a, a quote by a famous stoic philosopher and then it goes into a small explanation how much more harmful are the consequences of anger and grief than the circumstances that arouse them in us. Marcus Aurelius. The first rule of holes, goes the adage, is that if you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. This might be the most violated piece of common sense wisdom in the world. Because what most of us do when something happens, or goes wrong, or is inflicted on us, is make it worse. First, by getting angry or feeling aggrieved. And next, by flailing around before we have much in the way of a plan. Today, give yourself the most simple and doable of tasks. Just don't make stuff worse. Whatever happens, don't add angry or negative emotions to the equation. Don't react for the sake of reacting. Leave it as it is. Stop digging, then plan your way out. Um, and I've just realized that is extremely relevant to me because uh, I got myself in a little hole recently. Um, and instead of planning to how to get out of the hole, I instead got angry at the fact that I was in a hole. So um, <laughs> that's a, a great little reminder for me there. Mason. Awesome, guys. Well, um, Michael, please tell everybody who you are where they can find your business, where they can find you online, and how they can get in touch with you. Cool, yeah. So, uh, I'm obviously Michael with the Floating Point Float Center. Um, yeah, first TEDx speaker for floating in the world, and also now the first UK member or board board member for the International Float Tank Association, which is great. So, I'm going to find out about that this week. Um, yeah, which is quite a big thing. So, that's, uh, yeah, that's the full international float tank 
Association. And then, yeah, in terms of where we are, we're based in um, a place called Pangbourne. Nice, small little village just outside Reading. About 45 minutes from London. So M M4, you know, very easy to get to from London, Oxford, the south. You've got people travel from Bristol. Um, yeah, wow. so we do that. We've got the uh, the website, which is www.floating-point.co.uk. And we're going to be launching a few different things over the next uh, couple of weeks. One of them is going to be a UK exclusive. Um, so nobody else in the UK is going to be doing it, apart from us. Um, so people can you, can you tell us what it is, or do we have to wait? No, no. See, I can't even tell people ah, what it is, man. Come people, on. Because, uh, yeah, I can't even say, man, because it, I even yeah. have to, if people come... They still have to sign an NDA form before they even do it. So yeah. what? Yeah, man. So yeah, you, kinda, we're not even going to get a we're not even going to get a newsletter about this. It's, no, no one's going to know. No. no, only the people that do it, and they can't I'm even dying. talk about it. So I'm dying now. I'm dying now. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, we've got all that kind of stuff coming up, and um, yeah, a few bits and pieces. Yeah, I mean, it's good. Obviously, got the Facebook stuff, and we were on we on Instagram, and uh, you know, uh, floating underscore point dot uk. Um, yeah we're on yeah instagram facebook all the social media stuff so yeah check out our blog posts awesome. um, we always put new stuff out so yeah all good and we'll um we'll link to your tedx talk we'll link to the uh, float association we'll link to your website your business um and obviously um you can send us any links you want us to include in the show notes so people can find you michael thank you so much for your time you it's have probably hooked on floating even though i've never done it i'm dying to do it um, I'm 100% coming to see you next time I'm in the UK. Thank you so much, James. Thank you, brother. We'll see you soon, okay? Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It's, um, it's been awesome. And uh, love, love everything you guys are doing with, uh, with Red Light Rising and, um, yeah, and helping so many different people across the world, man. It's a great awesome. job.